Well, hey, if you have your Bibles, uh, be turning to the book of Deuteronomy. And as I, I, uh, I, I promised, I said, I mentioned, I already put it out there. I'll be brief, as brief as I can, because I know we need to get going uh, and uh, move along for the uh, festivities and what have you. But it wouldn't be right to come together and talk about uh, celebrating Thanksgiving without time in the Word of God. So I'm asking that you turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8, Deuteronomy chapter 8. And uh, and I want to look at this text. This goes nicely with what we are doing on Sunday morning, which is kind of the other side of the coin. And Sunday morning, we're talking about the Exodus and and now the the walk in the wilderness. And on the back side of that, after you get through the wilderness, you hit the promised land. And Israel is in a position here to to go in the promised land. And I, I look forward to the day when we will be able to be absent from the body and present with the Lord, like uh, uh, Anne Boyette's mother. She stepped out of this life into the next overnight, and now she's with the Lord. And uh, the Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And uh, it's exciting to know that there's more for us, right? There's more than just this life. Uh, but while we're in this life, it's important that we understand and have an attitude of gratitude. And uh, and we look forward to the promises that God has for us. And, and Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year. Um, I was just sharing with uh, Pastor Pradeep today, which, by the way, he's down at New Life tonight preaching, so be praying for him. Pastor Rajan's flying back to Nepal, and so we've had a very busy week with those uh, fellows. And and uh, and so I was just sharing with Pastor Pradeep today that of the American holidays, of course, Christmas and Easter are the big two, uh, and uh, and they really we kind of overlook Thanksgiving, right? They go. Uh, I saw Pastor Mike Blake put a little a blog post up about about how you go right from seems like you go right from Halloween to Christmas and just kind of skip over Thanksgiving. And, and that's so true, isn't it? Uh, my favorite personal, my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving because it isn't so commercialized. It has nothing to do. Obviously, I want to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And I obviously uh, really want to, I want to use the, the, uh, the Easter uh, season to, to promote the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So those are the big two holidays. But, but when it comes down just to my personal favorite thing that edifies me the most, uh, it's it's just Thanksgiving because I need it so much and it's it's not as commercialized and it's about people and you get to spend time with people that you love and, and people that uh, maybe you don't love but you need to be around them because you can choose your friends but you can't choose your family right and so it's good to it's good to be with people and it's good to love people uh, and even if they don't love you it's good to love them back and it is good to be thankful in everything as a matter of fact uh, the Bible tells us to give thanks doesn't it First Thessalonians chapter uh, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible says, In everything uh, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 18. So that's what I want to do this morning, or this morning, this evening, sorry, is talk about giving thanks. So if you have your Bibles, let's look at uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I'm going to just uh, pick it up in verse 1 and look at the first uh, 10 verses, and then we'll go from there. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8 and verse 1, All the commandments which I commanded thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Israel now is poised to do this very thing. He has brought them to the precipice to do this. Verse 2, here's some instruction. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee, these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what is in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word 
that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old, and upon thee neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and of barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, uh, olive, of I'm sorry, land of olive oil, uh, or no, it does say of oil, olive, and honey. Uh, verse nine: A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without uh, scarceness; thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then shalt thou bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the filling that you give us. And we pray tonight that we would be full of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we know, of course, that we are sealed with the Holy Ghost if we're saved. But Lord, I pray, God, that tonight as we sing your praises, that you would inhabit them. As we watch these uh, young people sing, these young children, Lord, it's just encouraging. It's edifying to see the growth in them. Lord, may you see the same growth in us. May we open our mouths and praise you tonight and give thanks for all that you have done and all that you will do. It's the same place that the children of Israel were in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Thank you for seeing us to this day, Lord, and seeing us to every day that is ahead. Lord, we put our faith and trust in you, and we look forward to the blessings that come in obedience to your word. We thank you, and we praise you, and ask a blessing tonight on the reading, the hearing, and the application of your word. And so as we look at this passage here in verse 10, as we ended there, then thou hast eaten, when thou uh, hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. You know, oftentimes at Thanksgiving, what do we do? We pray before the meal, and we should. I hope you guys do that. That's a custom. I was telling uh, telling uh, one of the pastors, Pastor Pradeep, one of the things I can remember as a child, even among, uh, you know, maybe relatives that weren't godly, <laughs> we stopped and prayed. That left an impression on me as a kid. It's like, wow, we, we don't normally do this. This must be important. Uh, Thanksgiving is important. It's a time to, to pray. But you know what he says? He's like, you know, it's not important just to pray at the beginning. He says it's important to pray at the end. After you get all the good things, it's important to be thankful, right? And sometimes we can take the Lord for granted. I'll talk a little bit more about that in, the, in a minute. But before we get into that, I want to I talk about, I want to start off with eight things that we need to give thanks uh, for God's blessings for. And the first one is simply we need to, we need to thank God for his commandments, his commandments. When you look down in verse 1, it says all. It starts off with the word all. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do. Most of us don't think commandments are a good thing, but they're a great thing. It gives us clarity. It helps us know what we're supposed to do. He says, you know what? All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do that ye may live. Right? Keeping God's word gives us life. And multiply and go and to possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. What happens when we keep God's word? Well, it gives us life, right? And of course, none of us can keep it perfectly. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross. So we can be thankful not only for the commandment, but the commandment keeper, which is the Lord. And the grace that he gives us to keep his commandments, right? To live a godly life because of the spirit of God that lives within us. 
that goes on to speak about his commandments and how they also give us a multiplication power, right? And we know here at the Discipleship Church, there's a lot to be thankful for because we make disciples and we multiply. Because what are we giving? We're giving the words of God to another generation. that gives them to another generation. that gives them to another generation. We can be thankful for that. Are you thankful tonight that you're in a church that multiplies the word of God, right? Faithful men who are able to teach others also. And, of course, that includes women as well. Right? That's something we can be thankful for tonight. It goes on to say in that passage that we are, uh, we got to go, right? We're evangelists. Go ye therefore. We got Pat Lee here. He's, he's in the head of I go. But if just Pat goes, uh, it's just an I go. We need a we go, right? <laughs> so, well, not just an I go, it's a we go. We got to all take it personally, but we all need to be involved in it. And we get to do that because of the word of God. We wouldn't even know go ye therefore and teach all nations if God wouldn't have recorded it in his word. Aren't you thankful tonight for his commandments? You know, one of the commands in the Bible is to be is to obey the gospel. Have you ever thought about that? You know, well, it's a free will decision. Yes, it is, but it's a free will decision you need to obey. You know, that's why we bow with our knee and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God. We obey the gospel when we the good news. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter two and verse four, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. When you hear the good news story, what's it cause you to do? It causes you to receive the mercy and the grace of God. It's a command uh, to get saved. God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. That's what Paul said in Acts chapter 17. So we're to go and tell the good news so people understand that God wants to give him his grace and they need to receive it by faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that comes from his commandment, and we need to be thankful uh, for God's commandments. It goes on to say, uh, he mentions the the, the, uh, issue here of possessing the land. Right. That's really what that's what we're all about when it comes to church planning and missions. But in our practical life, in our family, there's things that God needs us to possess. He wants us to possess the the land. Right. And and I don't mean that in a geopolitical sense. Uh, I mean that we need we need to take ground for God. And we do that through his commandments. Right. And we keep his commandments. God blesses and he multiplies and we, we multiply disciples. But we also multiply ministries like tonight. Uh, we're, we got a missionary from uh, India in in a, in a church that we planted in Clinton, right? It's multiplying the ministry, and we're and multiplying ministries work together, uh, and because that's what it's all about. God, we understand that because that is the command of God, and that is the structure which He's given us. And so, uh, and so it's exciting, and it's it's a good thing to be thankful for God's commandments. Secondly, we need to be thankful for His leadership. When you go to verse two, He says, "And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee." These 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. So we need to remember uh, the leadership of the Lord in our life, right? He, he wanted to humble us and he wants to teach us. And, he, and that's what those are the lessons that we learn. God is a good leader and we need to remember that, right? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, right? The leader of the church is Jesus. He's the head of the church, and then we all follow him. And so uh, it's important to uh, to thank God for his leadership, because it, without his leadership, without the cloud and the pillar, the nation of Israel wouldn't know where to go, right? They followed the Lord in the wilderness. First Corinthians chapter 10 makes that clear. We need to follow the Lord in his leadership. You know, he took 40 years to get him through the wilderness, and he says, you know, that process of, of my leadership, it, it humbled you. I just saw Joe Rogan talking about the, the merits of jiu-jitsu. And, Joe, uh, and he actually didn't even curse once, praise the Lord. And so he was uh, in this uh, video, he's talking about the merits of jiu-jitsu. 
And uh, I used to wrestle once upon a time. And, and I agree with what he said. He said, it's good to do this because it humbles you. You just get battered and beaten. And, and, and over time, you improve and you learn. And it humbles you and it's good for you. And I, I was watching that. I'm like, you know, that's true. As, as the nation of Israel went through the wilderness, they learned and they grew through the ups and the downs, right? And we're going through that on Sunday morning. What did God do? Well, he humbled them. He helped them understand that uh, what it was to be humble. And he proved them. We saw that Sunday morning, right? To see what, I'll give you some responsibility. What will you do with it? And to know what's in your heart, right? Whether thou wouldest keep the commandments or no. Those commandments need to be kept. And you know, God's a good leader. And we follow his example. We need to be thankful for the things that God has called us to follow him in. And we need to thank, be thankful for his leadership in our lives. And so um, the next one that we're going to look at, the third thing is we need to be thankful for um, God. The, thank, we need to thank God for the lessons he teaches us. The lessons he teaches us. If you look at verse 3, he says, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Now, if you uh, are familiar with your Bible, uh, I think most of us are familiar with verse uh, 3 at the end of, of that passage. There's someone else that said that. Do you remember who it was? That's right, Jesus. And uh, it's interesting, if you've been coming on Sunday morning, we've been talking about how Exodus 4.20 speaks to the fact that Israel was a son. And we see in Hosea chapter 11, Israel is a son. Uh, and, of course, when the son of God comes, uh, the same thing was held true for Jesus. You know what he says? Uh, as he's being tempted by the devil, he says, you know what? Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, right? And so, man, aren't you thankful for the word of God? I'm thankful for a church that not only preaches the word of God, but assembles the word of God, that gets the word of God in people's hearts and in their hands. Man, what a blessing that is. It's a blessing uh, to be in a, in a church that teaches us the word of God. And I'm not saying that because I'm the pastor. I, I get as much out of, if you don't hit our ABFs, you don't know what you're missing. There's a lot of teaching going on. Uh, I don't teach every class in HBI. We have, a, uh, we have an incredible team of pastors and teachers in this church. And so uh, uh, no matter what folks may say, uh, I, tell, I tell people all the time, we've got some of the best teachers you're ever going to hear right here at this church, and I'm thankful for that. God's blessed our church. But you know what? God provides that like manna from the sky. You don't always know where God's going to provide those gifts, but you need to be thankful for the word of God that God gives you. It's divine. This is God's word. It's, ex- it's exalted above his very name, right? So this is the word of God. We're thankful for the provision of, of God's word. I am. Are you thankful for it? Amen. I am. I am thankful for it. I didn't always appreciate God's word. And there's been times in my life when I don't appreciate God's word as I ought. I would say probably that when I get to eternity, I'll look back on what I just said. And I'm saying I appreciate it now. And then I'll go, well, I thought I appreciated it. I mean, God's word is amazing. It really is. And, and I thank God uh, for his word. And it's a blessing uh, that he gives us his word and teaches us all things whatsoever he has said to us. The fourth thing I would bring out here is that we need to thank God for his providential covering. Uh, those are big words, but let me, let me like unpack that just a little bit for you. I'm going to keep moving quickly, but he talks about the raiment as they walk through the wilderness 40 years, thy raiment waxed not old, 
upon thee, neither, neither did thy foot swell for 40 years. Can you imagine that? I mean, uh, I eat too much salt, my feet swell, I don't know. But they're going through the wilderness for 40 years. He's saying you didn't need a new set of clothes. Your feet, uh, man, they didn't swell. Uh, you didn't get cankles, none of that. I mean, you, you were doing good going through the wilderness. Uh, man, God took care of them. He provides for them. If you have a, have your Bible there, you might look back, uh, and there's a lot of references that we could go to, but this is just special to me. One of the first things I have ever learned to be thankful for came out of Matthew chapter 6 in my reading, just the first few days uh, or weeks of my salvation. Matthew chapter uh, 6, uh, familiar to many of us. Uh, but specifically, uh, the, the passage down in verse uh, 28, he says, And why take thought for raiment, right, raiment? Why take thought for that? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, and they toil not, neither do they spin, right? The, the lilies of the field, they don't have to, to go out and, 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 uh, and uh, get a sewing machine out to, to cover themselves. That's what he's talking about. God provides this covering in nature, and he's like, Hey, listen, if I can take care of nature which is going to be cast in the oven, think I can't take care of you? God proves that, right? Forty years, he says, you went through the wilderness and your clothes are still intact. Your shoes are still in good shape. Your ankles aren't cankles. I mean, I'm taking care not only of your raiment, the clothing, but I'm taking care of your body too, which covers your soul and your carcass. And so God is, he's so good. We should be thankful for that. If you have good health today, then you need to be thankful to the Lord. Now, if we got bad health, we should be thankful to the Lord. But, but man, if you have good health, you should be thankful. I should be thankful for the Lord. I, take, I know I take my health for granted. I'm getting convicted as I say that. God has blessed me with, with really over, over my 53 years. He's blessed me with some really good health overall. And so I'm thankful for that tonight. But more importantly, I'm thankful for the covering that he gives us. Also, when you talk about raiment, you talk about the structure. You know, I just had a we had a, a visitor in from uh, Nepal this week, and he comes from a country that's been turned upside down uh, in, in, in the last decade, the last about 15 years ago. No, they couldn't even operate for several years. They didn't have a constitution. You know why? Because, man, they were just it was just all messed up. And so now they're getting that in order. He comes over here to look around, see what we're doing. You know, there's three things in this world that cover us. Number one, of course, uh, is is the Lord. Right. He's the one who saves us. He covers us in the blood. So when that death angel comes, when you have the blood applied to your soul, the death angel passes over you. We're covered in the blood. Hallelujah. So we're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood. That's the first and most important covering. But there's also your family that covers you. We have these little children in the house and we have kids in the house. The first commandment is children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. We all know that command. It brings life. It brings blessing. Just like God's telling the nation of Israel, his children. It brings life when you obey my commandments. And it does. But also God provides parents. He says, hey, be a good covering. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. All right? Don't poke them in the eye. Don't do that. Don't 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 abuse them. Be gracious and kind. Be wise with your children, right? So there's the family covering. I'm thankful for the family covering. Man, if our society didn't have good families, it would fall apart at the seams. And by the way, our, our society is having troubles because families are falling apart at the seams. And it goes back to the issue of the commandment, right? God, when God's not in the family, the family's not going to function properly. So I'm thankful that I know, know, I know I'm, that I'm in a church family that's ordained of God. That's the first covering that covers me. But then there's a nuclear family that covers all of us that have a nuclear family. And I'm thankful I live in a civil society 
I know it's not always civilized, but compared to many places on the planet, we still have the best nation going, and we need to be thankful for what we do have, even though we're not thankful for some of the things we don't have. But we praise God. You know, it's important to be thankful and have an attitude of gratitude because when you appreciate it, you'll do more to retain it. Right? When you appreciate it, you'll do more to retain it. When you appreciate uh, what God has done for you, you're going to do more to retain his commandments. You're going to meditate on his word. You're going to remember his word. You're going to give yourself to his word. Why? Because you appreciate the covering he gives you under his blood. When you, when you appreciate what God does, I remember when I was getting discipled as a young man, Earl told me, he says, hey, Brian, when it was less than 10 on giving, he says, Brian, if I had to pay for what that church has done in my life and the teaching I've received, the changes it's made in my life, I mean, he wasn't going to get divorced, literally. And he comes to the church office expecting to get divorced. He comes out, his wife's born again. Next thing you know, he's going to be married for whatever, 50 years. I don't know. But I mean, I mean, God just, God, I mean, just rocked his world through the ministry of the word of God through a local church. He said, Brian, if I had to pay for what the church meant to me, I could never give enough. I mean, that just resonated with me. And I'm not talking about giving money, but I mean, when he said that, I was like, wow, that's impressive. I'm thankful for that covering. The raiment. You know, when you come to church on Sunday, isn't it kind of like coming out from under the rain? This world just bombards you all week long. You come in on a Wednesday night, it's, you've been dealing with everything. But you come in here, it's just like, ha, ah, rest for your soul. Right? The Word of God. Man, it's a blessing. And man, I pray that our homes are that way too. I pray that we have a, a place of sanctity in our, in our, in our homes because moms and dads are in the word of God. Because moms and dads are walking in the spirit. And if you don't have a husband or you don't have a wife, you're walking in the spirit. And you're leading your kids the way you can go. Because you're following them. And clothe them in righteousness. Put ye on therefore the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? That is what the Bible tells us to do in Ephesians. Alright, i got to keep moving because I went to preaching. So number five, thank God for his... Man, number five, uh, thank God for his correction. Verse, verse uh, five and six there, he says, thou, uh, thou shalt, thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and fear him. Now we know that no chastening seems pleasant right now, right? But when you go to Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible tells us chastening is a great thing. Hebrews chapter 12, that means God loves us, and sometimes he spanks our bottoms, so uh, he gets our attention. Now, I know we're not supposed to talk about corporal punishment, but that's what the Bible teaches. Spare the rod and spoil the child. That's what the Bible teaches. So in the book of Hebrews chapter chapter uh, 12 and verse 5, the Bible says, um, uh, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receives or receiveth. You know what? When, you know what? Sometimes God convicts us. Are you glad? I'm thankful that God convicts me of sin. Man, I, when God brings sin in our life, let's have, a, let's have a sensitive conscience. I tell you, my son, when he would get disciplined, I don't know if he was acting or not, but he told me recently, I wasn't acting, Dad. I was scared of you. All right. So what does that mean? So you know what? He was sensitive. We should be sensitive to the Lord when he chastens us, when he says, hey, Brian, what are you doing there? Ooh. Right? Be thankful that God reminds you. You don't want to get so calloused in your sin that God has to take you out, literally. Right? That's what happens in the Corinthian church. There's some people, some slept, 
because they got so used to doing what was wrong and they never listened to God and his correction to tell them what was right. Eventually, God just took them out. God forbid that would be anyone in this room, anyone in our church family. That's not what we want, man. We want to be thankful that God corrects us. Why? Because he's a good father. He doesn't correct us. He's, maybe you grew up in an abusive home and maybe your mother or your father was abusive and and they corrected you inappropriately and not for the right reasons. They weren't training you. They weren't teaching you. Maybe they were just, you know, bawling you out because they were unhappy and they were hurt, so they hurt you. Well, that's, not, that's not what we're talking about. That's not the God of the heaven. The God of heaven is a good father. And when he corrects you, it's for your benefit. He doesn't need you, but he wants you, right? And he teaches you. And he takes you where he wants you to go because he's a good father. He has a, he has a good hand that's upon you. And sometimes it may sting a little, but it's all for your good. And so, uh, so God, man, thank, thank you, Lord, for, um, <clears throat> for providing good correction. And that's part of what the commandments and the word of God are all about. And we thank God also for um, not just his correction, but moving on, we thank God for uh, his divine, I'm calling it his divine hydration. We're going to talk about this Sunday when we talk about the water from the rock. Uh, but man, I tell you what, God, he provides from the water of his word, doesn't he? When you get down to verse, um, uh, down here to verse, where am I at? I lost track of it. Verse seven, uh, it says here for the Lord, thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. Oh man, I tell you, that's a, that's some fresh water, not stale water. Uh, that's some water, just some living water. You know, you, you guys are probably familiar with Psalm chapter 1. We're like trees planted by rivers of living water. And that's, 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 a, that's a blessing that we can thank God for. This Bible we know from Ephesians chapter 5, a husband is to wash his wife in the water of the word. The Bible's like water. It washes over our soul. And that's something we can be thankful for tonight, that we have the water of the word of God, that it, it supplies and it, bring, it gives fruit. Without water, you're not going to have fruit. You got to have water. Your roots got to get sink down in there and grab that water, and so that you can grow upward. Man, it's a beautiful thing to have the fresh water of God's word. In John chapter four, many of us know the woman at the well. John chapter four, the Bible says in verse ten, John four ten, it says, <clears throat> uh, Jesus answered and said unto her, "This is the woman at the well. If thou knewest the gift of God." And who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Water that's alive. You know, the water that comes from the word of God, it's alive. We need to be thankful for that. In John chapter 7, in verse 38, Jesus speaking here says, um, he says, For I am come down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but to do the will of him uh, that sent me. That is not the verse I was looking for, so I missed it. So, sorry, am I in the right place? For I am come down, that's the right one. Oh, I'm in 638, thank you. I should just go where I said I was going, 738. All right, thank you. So, uh, 738, he that believeth on, on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, there it is, shall flow rivers of living water. Hey, so it's not just good to be thankful for the water that's flowing to you, but is it flowing through you? Man, if the water of God is flowing through you today, say hallelujah, because hallelujah, man, that, that's a good thing. That means it's not just coming to you, it's flowing through you. 
and it's not getting stagnant. That's important, especially for those of us that have grown a little bit, right? You get planted by that tree of living water, God's going to expect some fruit. Well, that's not going to happen unless the the water's flowing through you, not just to you. Uh, you know what? The algae and the moss start growing on you if you if you just take it in, take it in. We talk about in the Bible, and and Paul speaks to the Corinthians. And another way of saying it is knowledge, just knowledge alone, taking in knowledge. What's it going to do? Puff you up. But charity builds up, right? You want to be do you want to be puffed up or built up? Well, that's the difference between the word of God coming to you and the word of God going through you. Man, there are a lot of people that say, this is my Bible. This is my King James 1611. They love the Bible. They love to get the knowledge of the Bible. But oftentimes the word just flows to them and not through them. Man, it's got to go through. Charity edifies. Man, if the love of Christ isn't coming out, well, that's because you're probably getting stagnant. And that gets back again to the water of God's word. And praise God for the indwelling Spirit of God, the hydration that comes from the Word, not just coming to us, but through us, not not just getting knowledge, but getting that knowledge out, because you never really learn anything till you you do it. You know, I thought I knew a lot of stuff about the Bible till I had to apply it. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I think it says this. I think it takes time. It takes time to let the Word of God flow to you and start going through you. Maybe this year you can be thankful for taking a step. And allowing God to do that in your life. Maybe you took that step of faith and you started working with children's ministry. Or you got in a ministry where you had to start sharing a devotion. Maybe you did your first devotion at volleyball. I love that stuff. When you see people uh, take the word of God and what's coming to them and it goes through them. And man, God hydrates you. And before you know it, you start bearing fruit. Because the word of God is dwelling richly in you. It's living water. And God's not only bringing life to you, but he's starting to bring life through you. Maybe someone this year was able to lead someone to Christ. Anybody lead someone to Christ for the first time this year? Amen. Oh, not for the first time, but anyone say, this first time I've ever, somebody in the church, I can't remember who it was, led someone to Christ. It's the first person they led to Christ. They were just telling me about it a few weeks ago. I was like, that is awesome. They led them to Christ. I was like, hallelujah. They led their first person to Christ. The word of God wasn't just coming to them, it was going through them. And so, well, let's just ask, anybody lead someone to Christ this year? Pam has? Anybody? Pat has? Dave has? Amen. Praise the God. That's the word of God you have. So the word of God's flowing to you, and it's going through you. It's bringing forth life. Now, uh, and by the way, just to be doctrinally accurate, it's not just leading someone to Christ. Sow, water, and reap, right? God, God gets the increase. So just do your part. It doesn't mean if someone doesn't pray with you, you didn't do your part. Just keep sowing. And God will bring life, and it will be to your account. Hallelujah to you. All right, number number seven. Let's keep moving because time is ticking. Um, and so thank God for his divine hydration, and thank God for his food provision. And when you look on down the next verse, he goes from the water, and he goes to the wheat and the barley. He says in verse 8, a land. The promised land is a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil and of honey. He's like, you think the manna was sweet. I know you got tired of it. But now we're going to move you on, and you're going to have an even a, a, a bigger diet, a bigger selection. It's not just quail and manna. I'm going to take that away. I'm going to give you a land that's full of wheat and barley, and I'm going to expand your diet. You're going to have figs, and you're going to have uh, you're going to have uh, all these things that uh, are mentioned here. Uh, you're going to have grapes. You're going to have pomegranates, a land of oil, and a land of honey. Man, hallelujah! That's an incredible. Uh, thing to have they're going to have food they're going to have substance they're going to have everything that they need now uh, i was in john just a moment ago in john chapter 6 
uh, again, in John, Jesus says this in John six thirty three. He says, uh, for bread, the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus saith unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Amen. Man, Jesus is our bread. He is our barley. And you're like, man, uh, this is my, this is it. I mean, can you imagine, guys? I mean, I'm thankful. How many of you are thankful for the Bible? I hope everybody. Amen. Can you imagine what this is going to look like when we get on the other side? I think about Ann Boyette's mom. She's now in heaven. Man, the promises now are, are what was faith is sight. It's going to be incredible. Manna was good. Quail was good. But once they get to the promised land, they get an even fuller diet. Now, it's amazing uh, what God provides for us from his word. In that same passage in John chapter 6, John chapter 6, uh, I missed a reference there. In verse 48, he goes on to say, I am the bread of life. He goes on to say in verse 51, he says, I am the living bread. He has living water, but he's also living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give in my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And we have life because he gave his life. He is the bread of life. He's the wheat. He's the barley. He's everything that we need uh, to have eternal life. And man, I'm so thankful for him. He is the one who gets us into the promised land. And we can recognize, uh, uh, you know, he's the one that has the, the new wine, right, of his spirit. All of those things resonate from Jesus Christ. And when we're given thanks at Thanksgiving and we have a big pile of food there, that's what the whole, uh, you know, provision and God's providence and giving life through sustenance, through food, through relationships. You know, the, the whole picture of how the, those uh, pilgrims really needed to trust the Lord and trust the indigenous people to help them survive. Man, I tell you what, guys, you can't survive without the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't survive without this book. It, 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 you ain't going to get in the promised land without it. And so, man, praise God for his provision uh, of food, his food provisions. I hope that you're taking advantage of the diet that God gives you. Man, he has given us daily portions in his word. He daily loadeth us with benefits. And he has got something for us every day. I'm thankful every day when I wake up and get in the word. I, he's got something for me, and, and I'm thankful for that provision that he gives me. I hope you are too. I'm thankful for the physical food. There's people that are hungry. Man, thank you, Lord, for the physical food. Thank you for a church that treads out the corn. Thank you, Lord. You're a good God. Moving on. I got This is the last one because i got to get done. Uh, number eight, um, God. thank God for his strength. Look at verse 10. He says, When thou hast eaten and art full... Okay, now this is, this is really important. When thou hast eaten and art full, we're, tw- we're halfway through this passage, he says, that Then shalt thou bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. It's important not only to bless God for what he's given you, uh, you know, but also what he's done in your life, right? Once you're full, once he's satisfied you. It's often easy to thank God for this food. I'm hungry. Give me a turkey. I'm starving to death. But then after the turkey's eaten and you're sitting back watching the Dallas Cowboys, you're like, ah, I just need a nap. No, what we really need to do is thank the Lord for what he's given us. Right? Because when we get full, we often forsake the Lord. 
Wouldn't that be wild if we just gathered around Thanksgiving after everybody? Okay, everybody, everybody, before you either take a nap or watch the, the, the Detroit leaves one more time, I need, you to, I need you to do this. Let's pray and thank God that our bellies are full. We really don't do that enough in this country because our bellies are full all the time. That's a lot of times when we forget the Lord. And that's actually what Deuteronomy chapter, the reason I selected this is that's really what Deuteronomy 8 is all about. He's giving them a warning. You don't have to doubt it. God takes care of his people. He not only takes care of them a little bit, he takes care of them to the the place where they're absolutely provided everything they need and their bellies are full, and that's a dangerous time. That's the time which we often forsake the Lord in our Thanksgiving attitude. And so I pray tonight that after we eat our meals tomorrow and and, uh, we spend time with our family, that we stop and we say, hey, thank you, Lord. I pray on Sunday mornings after you come to church and after you heard your ABF pastor preach and fill you up and, and then I, t- I go over and you're ready to start smelling the barbecue down the street or whatever and you're like, i got to get out of here. You're full. You're satisfied. Well, hey, make sure to bless the Lord because that, that, that bread's come to you, but God, that water's come to you, but God wants to get it through you, right? So don't get so satisfied that you forget that God says go. Remember the first verse, second verse, go. I want to multiply you. I need you to get out what I put in. That comes with an attitude of gratitude. It comes from being thankful. So don't forget God's blessings. Don't forget God's blessings. Three quick things uh, and then two reminders and I'll be done. And uh, I got six minutes to do it and I can do it. You just watch. So uh, Deuteronomy eight eleven. he goes on to say, be- beware. We haven't read this text. So he gives a warning. Beware. Uh, that thou forget not the Lord thy God. Now, he says this several times. He says it in verse 11. He says it in verse 14. And he says it again in verse uh, verse 19. He says, don't forget the Lord your God. Don't forget the Lord your God. Don't forget the Lord your God. Three times he says it in the last part of this chapter, the last 10 verses. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, he brings it up again, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein. And when the herds and the flocks multiply, yeah, once, once things have, have built out, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, once you've reached your financial goals, <coughs> and thou hast, and all that thou hast is multiplied, multiplied. Now, for those of us that are in this church, you know when you hear the word multiply, what do you think about? Discipleship, because we know in the book of Acts, evangelism is addition and multiplication is discipleship. When God is blessed, when God has provided, when the church is multiplied, right, when disciples are multiplied, when God is doing great things, don't forget the Lord. Here's the danger, verse 14, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Sometimes we forget that we were ever slaves. You know, don't get to that place where you start looking down on those people and say, oh, I can't believe they act like this or that. I'm talking about lost people. Why can't you believe that if they don't know Jesus? You forget that you were once in bondage. The reason you don't act like that anymore is because he's changed you from the inside out. Don't get puffed up as if you did this yourself. As if you somehow made yourself a preacher, you made yourself a Christian, you made yourself a sanctified person. Oh, yeah, you kept the commandments, you did what you were supposed to do, but that's God's grace too. You didn't start there, 
But probably God's grace, you'll finish there. Don't get so full of yourself, right? That's what he's telling them, that you forget that you were once in bondage too. I'll never forget one time many years ago, I never forgot this. David Ripley was the, the mission, was an evangelist, not Doug Ripley, David Ripley. He was at our church, a big church. And I'm up in the balcony. I'm probably 20 years old, 18 years old, 19, probably about 19 to 20 years old. And, man, our church is packed. You can't. I mean, that's why I'm in the balcony. I can't even find a place to sit. I'm up in the nosebleed. And uh, this preacher gets up, slicked back hair. I didn't want to listen to this guy. Uh, uh, and, boy, once he got to preaching, I couldn't help but listen. And he told our church it was a discipleship was the th- thrust, multiplication and ministry, all of this. And he tells this story. And he says, hey, listen. And it's a personal testimony. He says, hey. Uh, I almost lost my son. And he tells this real long story. And then he gets it in. He says, hey, guys, this was six months ago. I mean, I, you could have heard a pin drop. He, and what he was telling us, he says, hey, don't forsake the commands of the Lord. Don't think you've arrived because you've preached all over the world because you're part of a big evangelistic. says you've led thousands of people to Christ. And he said this to our church. He says, hey. And he said it this way. He says, Can't see Baptist Temple? If you don't do what God tells you to do, if you don't obey, he will take it down the street. If you're not thankful, God can use anybody. He doesn't need us. He wants us. He really wants us, but he doesn't need us. Not, don't think of ourselves more high than we ought to think, but think soberly. According as every as, as as to every man, God has given a measure of faith. So don't forget God's blessings when you're full, and, and don't forget uh, and don't forget God's blessings when you're multiplied. Don't forget God's blessings when you're full. Don't forget God's blessings when you're multiplied, and don't forget God's blessings uh, when you've arrived. Right? Eventually, they get to the promised land, and, and all of these things uh, is what God wanted them to do. And they had these cities. They even God provided them enemies for the next generation. He brought, provided them cities, and they got to set up their government, cities of refuge. He provided them everything He promised, but they needed to continue to multiply because the, there was more there than they could actually handle with the people they had. It sort of reminds me of Heartland. God's delivered us to a great place, but you know what? We need more resources to do everything God called us to do. I mean, I have no idea where $100,000 is going to come for Pastor Rogers' orphanage. I have no idea where $80,000 is going to come for Pastor Pradeep. Uh, not from our church, most likely. Um, but I don't know. God does things I don't know. It's beyond my ability to even understand. I don't know how we're going to find out how to man all the things we do around here all the time. But I know this, our job is to continue to multiply and make disciples and to go to war. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Continue to make disciples, teach the word of God, be faithful, and most importantly, be humble. Because we're not home yet. We're not home yet. Just because God's put you in the promised land doesn't mean you've arrived. You know, years ago, I remember as a, as a church planner, for so many years, I felt like the wheels were going to come off the wagon. You guys ever know that feeling? Like you're not quite sure. Like, do I need to go back and get a full-time job? <laughs> you know, am I gonna, is this going to roll? So you go by faith, you go by faith, and then there's that point sometime where you say, we finally we're established. We're no longer a church plant, but we are a planted church. There's a difference. We're established. 
But man, it's important that we continue to be thankful. Not only for what God has done, but for what God will do. And we don't forget and we don't forsake the Lord. We don't get so full of ourselves that we forget that it's the Lord that's delivered us to this day to continue to do what he put us here to do to begin with. It's all about humility. All right, so don't forget God's blessings when you've, had, when you've quote, arrived. That works on your job. That works in your relationships. That works anywhere you are because it's, it's humble thyself under the mighty hand of God. You know, you know when it's all going to be shaken out is when you get to heaven. That's where the judgment seat of Christ is. It's not on earth. The text goes on to say, Who fed you thee in the wilderness, in verse 16, with manna, with thy, uh, which thy fathers knew not, and he might, that he might humble thee, that he might prove thee to do good at thy latter end? Verse 17, And, and thou say in thine heart, My power, my power and, my, uh, and might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. It's because, you know, the church can't live without me. Oh, yeah, I can. There isn't one of us that's not replaceable. Beloved, it's a privilege, not a right, to serve in the, in the church of the living God. So never think you've arrived because, preacher here included, God can just take us right out. Stay humble. That's why in 1 Peter 5, the preachers in particular got to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. It's important that we do that. Lastly, and I'm done, and I'm right on time. I'll get it done. Verse 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. This is what we do. do. Remember the Lord your God. Remember thanksgiving, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, uh, which he, uh, which he uh, swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyed before your face, so shall you perish, because you would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Now, I hate to end on a sad note, but that is what he says. So let me just give you quickly two points. We need to remember the source of blessing. It's kind of redundant, but I want to end there, because God is the one who empowers us. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, we know, but power, love, and a sound mind. His spirit is our power, right? After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall have power. You've got the power. And it's in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. But don't forget. Don't forget that source of blessing. He says, hey, listen, if you all of a sudden get full of yourself and you forget where the power comes from and you unplug, you'll end up going out here to the world. And when you get to the world, you'll perish. Now, none of us, if you're born again, you can't be unborn. You can't lose your salvation. But there are some things we can lose. And we can lose fellowship. We can lose joy. We can lose peace. And 1 Corinthians tells us we can lose our life if we mess around with God too much. But you know what? You're here tonight, and I'm here tonight, and we're thankful. You thankful tonight? I am too. I'm thankful to God. There's so much to be thankful for. Let me close uh, any uh, just sentence praises tonight, and then we'll have a word of prayer and be closed. Something you want to thank God for publicly. You want to say, I thank God for this. I think. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's do this out loud because the people online, there might be, Lila might be watching tonight. 
start right here and then go to you, Taylor. Okay, I thank God because I praise him because my family from Guatemala came Amen. in the first part of July and they're here to take care of me and I think, oh boy, it is so nice to have a family with me in my house again. So I just praise him and just love him. Amen. Thank you. Taylor. I thank God for blessing me with my daughter and letting me bear fruit. Amen. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Anyone else on this side of the room? Okay, Larry. I just thank God for the church and that y'all are here. Amen. You know, I mean, without you all here, we wouldn't have nothing. So I thank the Lord for that. And, I, and I'm thankful, very, very thankful for that, that you all took me in and said, hey, welcome, welcome home. Amen. Welcome with open arms. I'm with I'm you. I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful for the church too, brother. I, I'm not just because I, I need the church just like you need the church. I'm thankful for the church. And we love you. Thanks for being here, Larry. Keep following the Lord. Anybody else? All right, we'll work this side of the room. Don't get scared. Coming to Mary. <laughs> I'm thankful to have my grandson here with me today, and I'm thankful for my family and my home and this church because this church is a big blessing. And having just lost my husband a little over a year ago, it's definitely been a blessing in helping me to keep strong and in the Lord. So it's good to have you back, Mary. I'm so glad that God brought you home. I'm sorry it's under those circumstances, though. It's tough. Yeah. Anybody else? All right. Anybody unthankful, unholy, ungrateful? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't confess it. You're right. Yes, you could. We'll have a good time. So uh, get you right with the Lord. So, uh, all right. Attitude of gratitude, guys. That's what Thanksgiving is about. I pray tomorrow as you go out, if you have family uh, and you're able to hang out with them, I pray it's a blessing. But even if you're all alone, maybe you don't have those resources or something like that. Uh, maybe none of us have invited you to hang out with us or whatever. Man, you know what? The Lord is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, and He, all these attributes I've mentioned are all there for you spiritually and also in a tangible way. Just like Larry was talking about, there is something unique about the body of Christ uh, just being plugged in together. And I am thankful for you guys. And so I just want to share that with you. Thankful uh, for all that God is doing in in you and through you. And, uh, man, it's just a blessing uh, to be a part of this church. No matter what part of the body you play in this church, it's a blessing. And I pray that you're, you have a joy of the Lord because that will be your strength. All right, well, let's do this. Let's uh, have a word of prayer. Um, Randy, would you... Would you you feeling okay to do a prayer? Let me bring the mic to you. Let's have Randy close us out in a word of prayer. I'm thankful for Randy. A few years ago, I wasn't sure if we'd have Randy. You can stay there if you want. So um, just close us out in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for today.